Hi, this is Doug Bradley, Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. And you'd better keep listening, or I will tear your souls apart. I'm excited. I'm sorry, I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now here are your hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hi, Toddy. Venomous Vinny. I also forgot to say that I am Grizzly Abner. So <laughs> stay scary. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good to see y'all. Happy birthday to you. Hey, uh, one thing we want to uh, address right off the top here um, before we get into this show's topic um, our co founder, Good friend and uh, original three uh, member, Mad Chan. We just want to let you all know that Mad Chan is a co-host. No longer will be part of the show. Just pursuing some new ventures. We know a lot of you have met Mad Chan over the years through cons and through the show. And uh, just remember him being a regular staple. But uh, he's just looking out for some new stuff here. And we wish him the best in his future endeavors. Uh, Mad Chan definitely was an important part of getting the show started. A uh, good friend of mine going all the way back to kindergarten you know um he did a lot to coordinate interviews for the show and some of those uh, early episodes where we did interviews and just did a lot to cultivate relationships for the show and make some connections for us so we wish him the best and uh, everyone at the table here best uh, of luck best cheers. of luck to you cheers cheers all right my friends that being said Moving on to the topic of this episode, friends, we've got a special treat for you. As you can tell, the show is airing a day early, not airing on the 15th as it usually does, airing today on February 14th, which just might be a special holiday, which holiday is a hot... Happy BD! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought we were doing an Ash Wednesday episode. This is a little embarrassing for me because... about venereal disease, so... We already did the Evil Dead. (laughs) So... We're doing a Valentine's Day episode, friends, and so we're going to be covering three films. Ooh, yeah. Professor, getting seductive. (laughs) First, we'll be talking about My Bloody Valentine, the original. Then we'll move on to the remake, My Bloody Valentine 3D, and then closing it out with a fun little slasher from the early aughts. Would we call it that? 2000s? Aughts? A little film called Valentine. So let's go. Is that what Julia Roberts... Uh, not quite. No. Uh, 
Let's jump right that in. That was Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> I thought that was Pretty Woman. Sure. That's a Valentine's Day movie, right? <laughs> About a hooker. Yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day. I have dreams, too. <laughs> so, my bloody Valentine. Anybody got details on that? Uh, 1981. A lot of Canadians. What's that, a boot? <laughs> uh, and uh, I think the big note is that it's Paramount that released it, and... Definitely a lot of throwbacks to Friday the 13th, and it, mm. the fact that it was like a year later, uh, I feel like there was a lot of style and throwbacks to Friday the 13th in this film. You say throwbacks instead of ripoffs, and I enjoy I enjoy well, the, and, and your choice Friday, of words. Friday the 13th is a ripoff anyway. So, That's I mean, true. That's true. Forget, a ripoff of a ripoff. You forget that. <laughs> hot toddy's getting hot under the collar How tonight. How old are <laughs> So, who wants to give a synopsis? Do we need uh, any actors worth noting in this? I, I mean, I have names written down, but I don't, I don't, I mean, no offense, but I don't know them, so. There isn't a, a bunch of notable names. One I, I did want to mention that I jotted down was Alf Humphreys, uh, because he just, ah! he just passed, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a second here. He just passed away uh, January 31st. Oh, uh, so, bad, so I, I at least want to give the nod air. He's uh, the Joker, Howard, all through this film. Uh, and he just passed away. Um, uh, Sean Clark representative had put something oh, up cool. just by chance. And I thought, oh, man, that's kind of a weird coincidence and a bummer. So I just wanted to mention that. But there really isn't a lot of notable future stars and things or anything like that. Right. Right. I, I will say I do like the choice of cast for this that that is what sets it apart from a lot of the the ripoffs is it's an older cast than it's the same age actors but they didn't try to be like well they're 16 yeah right right and also the um alf <laughs> he was also one of the deputies in <laughs> first blood me. so he did go on to have something okay. you know kind of notable in his career gotcha <laughs> gotcha so we've got this town called Valentine Bluffs right Got that right? Mm-hmm. Valentine Bluffs. And uh, they have a Valentine's dance every year. And I love that Valentine's. That's right. And so one year, a couple of the supervisors at the mine decide they're going to cut out early to get to the dance where the booze and the ladies are. And um, there happens to be a big collapse at the mine. And six men are trapped. Four of them die immediately. No, not immediately if they were trapped. Four of them die <laughs> Pull out old Harry Warden, who has lost his mind because he had to start eating them. Him got he hungry. Yeah. Well, can't blame the guy, right? And then um, Harry gets revenge on two of the the two supervisors that left early. I'm like, you were you were down there for eight hours. You couldn't. I was like, Jesus, Harry. Yeah. You wasn't even dinner time yet. Yeah. Six people. Yeah. Right. Um. And so uh, he comes back to get revenge on the two supervisors that left early, and he leaves the town this ominous note that never have the Valentine's Day dance again. And now here we are, 20 years later. Take it away, boys. I mean, the 80, 80s just hated dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we keep coming back to Footloose, and I like it. <laughs> Keep coming back to me being that kid with the book report and his group not to uh, participate. So, uh, we don't know where you're heading right now. Did you want us to keep summarizing or what we think? Yes. We, yes. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, so we have three main characters, which is TJ, Sarah, and Axel. 
uh, of Guns N' Roses fame. Yes. Uh, it's actually Axel. Uh, TJ and Sarah used to date, and uh, TJ moved away after the the Harry Warden tragedy. It was a little bit after that, I guess. A little bit. In this one. Uh, and then when he returns, Axel and Sarah are now dating. They're a thing. And, you know, maybe TJ and Axel at one time had a thing, too. You know, it's the 80s. We didn't touch on it. Wasn't talked about. Well, you know. Love don't wait. Uh, Professor, you are the one who recommended this film to me years ago when I was living in Louisville, Kentucky, and I found it at Great Escape, wonderful comic book shop down on Bardstown Road. Uh, it was funny, too, just kind of random coincidence. I just said, hey, I remember Professor telling me about this movie. So how'd you hear about this film? How did you I come to know I actually that? remember. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> talked <Not> familiar. <laughs> he talked about it uh, in an article in Entertainment Weekly. Something got brought up on uh, the topic of slashers, and he would not quit raving about I this. Think this is his like number one favorite slasher movie. Yeah, I mean he he just pumped this thing up, and it was at that point I'd never really heard of it. I was like, huh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. I mean the premise he described, but he he really pointed to uh, how scary the outfits were for the the miners down there, mm-hmm. and um, how effective that was for a killer to wear that, but also the insane violence in it. Yeah. And so, you know, I was intrigued, uh, and I, I think it was something bizarre with like, I read that and then saw it like in a bin the next day or something. It was very just crazy how easy it was to get it. Same here. Yeah. Like just heard it and then there it was and watched it. And I can vividly remember this setting off a, a just a fire in me to want to watch other highly regarded slashers because I thought, man, I didn't really know about this one. And if he could mention this, this could be this much fun. I want to see some more. And that's kind of at the point when I went and watched stuff like some, like the prowler and some of these that I'd never really had gotten into. Cause I mean, I was too young when those came out. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's where this originated from. And even still, um, I can't count how many slashers I've watched or how many gory kills I've seen. The extended cuts of the kills in this are still jaw dropping. Like how awesome they look, and like I've got the it's out of print now, but the Blu-ray of it has all those included in the extended oh. cut, and they are just, whew, they are good. I mean, it's a shame that that just didn't. Do you know who the who did the special effects by chance? Um, no, I don't have that okay. jotted down. But that's your homework, listeners. Yep, let's figure that out. If only we had cell phones. If only there was a device. <laughs> no, but we'll we'll glance at that. I, that wasn't a cue for you, Vinny. I meant all of us. No. I'm do you look. do you think it was so easy for you and I to find this DVD on purpose? Like perhaps you and I are to take up Harry Warden's mission. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. <laughs> it might be more the fact that it's Paramount, and they're just like, Meh. we'll release these. <laughs> has, has everybody here seen the extended cuts of the kills? That's the one I own. Okay. I've just got the DVD. It's on the DVD, too. Okay, yeah. then yeah. Mate, I was going to say, if you haven't seen that, I it mean, makes a huge difference so, in Especially the on Blu-ray, you, you can kind of tell some of the cuts because yeah, the, they're a the, little bit more They grainy. couldn't color correct. Yeah, which, you know what? Like that's, that's It still looks fine. I like it. Well, one of, one of the most notable ones is the the old lady at the, at the laundromat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when her body, I'm like, you can almost tell, it's, it almost is like this long scene of her just tumbling out. Of the of the dryer and she's all burnt. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's the one where he takes the like the, the pickaxe up through under the jaw, and it comes out the forehead, 
and it looks like it's really being done to a human, like the way the skin moves around it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's still jarring even when you know it's coming. But, um, I mean, I heard that the director was put in jail until he could prove that the people were still alive. Um, just kidding. That was cannibal. I think Holocaust. the FDA just stepped in and rated an X. So they had to make some cuts. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this is still, even though it was one of the earlier ones I saw, um, and equally uncelebrated like terror train, as I know we've mentioned mm-hmm. on the show where I went to Best Buy thinking I'd have to push through a crowd of people to get my copy and they didn't even have them out on the shelf and nobody cared but me, but I did get it. But this was the same way. There's just a stretch of years up here, uh, months going to school where I would just, you know, seek out these films. And if I had to, I go to Amazon and get cheap used copies, but it was a lot of fun tracking them down. But even with all of those that I've watched since then, this still remains up there as one of my favorite slashers. Absolutely. I think not just slasher, but the, the whole holiday horror craze. This, this is, one is that, my it favorite. It stands out. Yeah, besides oh. Black Christmas and obviously Halloween, I don't. that kind of transcends the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, this is right there for probably my favorite attached to a, a holiday. Absolutely. A uh, according to IMDb uh, makeup department, Thomas R. Berman, special effects, makeup design, Ken Diaz, Tim Horber, Louise McNult. You mispronounced Tim Horton because they were in Canada. <laughs> Hewitt Roy yeah, and Carolyn Von Gert. So anyway, nobody that I recognized straight away, but they did a great job. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Nice. Uh, something else I like from that era, and this is one of the only horror movies to really tap into that, was that working class uh, industrial kind of setting that you had from a rash of films around that time. It became very uh, popular. I really kind of coinciding with the disco era, even though it had nothing to do with it. Maybe a, unless it's just a counterculture kind of thing. You know what it puts me in the mind of? What's that? Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Uh, Blue Collar. If anybody's ever seen that with um, Richard Pryor and Harvey Keitel, the guys that work at the car plant. It's just a, a lot of movies around that time that. Flash um, dance. <laughs> that uh, Laverne and Shirley. Hey, she she went the still. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's kind of cool that that bled over into this because the, there was a that was a really nice era of films uh, and grit that came with these working class stories, and this is really one of the only ones to tap into that because usually you have more of a privileged situation or a romanticized location. There's really nothing about that. This is just a small working town, and obviously the setting facilitates some good scares and uh, just a great setting with the tunnels Mm -hmm. and all that. But more so, I just, I like the kind of the working class vibe in this that you really don't get in many others. One other thing about that, that I really like about this film, that if you sit down to watch this movie right now, the wardrobe looks just like the modern Americana hipster. Yeah. (laughs) The way they're dressed. In the flannel with the, with the beards, yes. How about Very. the one guy who looked like John Candy f Wilford Brimley? Dude, he's my favorite. I love it when he, he breaks up that fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, though, I was like, because every, uh, every one of these movies had a prankster, a, a fat kid. I'm like, I love that the fat kid was like getting laid and he wouldn't He's like, the man in this. Yeah. At the center of anything fun going on, him's there. Him there. So... Yeah, very, very much, yeah, the working class, but it just puts your mind, you watch it, and you're like, uh, am I watching a Lumineers concert or a, <laughs> or a working class? Is this uh, Mumford and Sons? <laughs> right. Ah, Pitchfork produced this. <laughs> yes. So, uh, 
I yeah, kinda, I kind of like some of the old, other uh, throwbacks to, to Friday the Thirteenth, including the the old man. It's like I want the others. <laughs> I think of this one, he, he was more uh, just talking about the legend, but it had like the weird bluegrass, like banjo music going, and I don't know. It feels it feels very Friday the Thirteenth when I watch. I this like movie. the dueling harmonica scene myself. Yeah, those are my favorite. Hot. Lots of great kills, as you already mentioned. Yeah. Lots of great kills. Uh, they know that something is amiss in the town again because they get that uh, heart-shaped box with a human heart inside they of it. Warn them thrice. <laughs> yeah, don't have the damn dance, right? So, uh, Vinny, I don't think I'm as gaga for this as you guys are, and it yeah. might be because I watched it for the first time at 39 years old. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Um, that might be why. I don't dislike it. Not saying that. You got but, a thing against hardworking Americans, but it just doesn't. <laughs> you don't like no, unions? I think the. Is that the Canadian aspect? I think the knockoff aspect nags at me. With it, you know what I mean, um, because it feels like it's such a, a ripoff. Uh, now, there's a lot I do like about it. Uh, I don't dislike the film, but I just don't think that I'm a. I don't hold it clearly. Hearing you guys talk. I don't hold it at the level that you guys hold it at. I think it's important to distinguish too that we we're we're already in the middle of that slasher like world. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of just like I totally get where you're coming right. from. It's like that concession's been made, and now it's just. 80, I think that's 80, part of the fun in slasher. But, but if you like an eighty slasher, yeah, absolutely. These movies. I'm not saying don't watch it. Yeah, and I will probably watch it again. I'm not. I didn't dislike it, but I just like I say. I don't know if I, I saw it at a different time in my life the... than you guys did, but I'm just not as gaga for it as as it seems like it made an impression on you guys. Yeah, I think I think especially '81, '82 when they were like, man, like I feel like probably six of these were coming out a month, um, and the holiday movies were, man, they were churning those out too. So oh yeah, my favorite's been Arbor Day. Nothing's topped it, uh, <laughs> but. I'm more of a Labor Day guy myself. Yeah, Labor Day is <laughs> that. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, the murders are happening again, as we've said. As they're nearing the, the day of the dance, you know, more people are turning up dead. Killer in a minor costume. Uh, Which is effective, by the yeah. way. The dance gets canceled, <clears throat> and the people in the town are mad. So the miners decide they're going to have the party out at. In a mine. A mine. Logical place to have a party inside of a mine. Dangerous as hell place to work. But fucking, let's go have a party. Also, where it. the original killer originated yeah. from it collapsed. Right? Yeah, let, let's, let's go, go have a let's party have in a schlitz. mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the, and talk about effective, is, is the scene where uh, the two go down to the locker room, the, the couple, and all the, uh, all the outfits are hanging mm-hmm. from the ceiling. And of course, it's the same outfit the killer wears. And when, when the when they start coming down, yeah, I love that. Scene. Which which is a, like there's a couple scenes that's the, that we can talk about later in the remake, but I think that one was so effective. It it kind of a one is effective when they did it in the remake, but in, in the original. And the the kill was great too with the way she's oh. up off the hook on that, and the and they come out for the wide shot, and there's still movement around her head and the arms, but they've got just enough like misty fog going around from the heat that i mean if they're holding her up with something you can't tell yeah it's just another one of those great kills the kills are the kills and the 
the get up for the killer what makes it. I can but, agree with that. I mean, for in, sure. in fairness, that yeah, goes it has, a long it has line. Weird, it's got weird, cheesy slashers. dialogue. And, oh, yeah. And, it and, checks all the boxes yeah, for, but, for yeah, a slasher. But I think, I think that is what stands out is the kills. and. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, it's got some odd differences to it than some of the other movies. When I think of Eli Roth's Thanksgiving trailer, <laughs> it's a total ripoff of this movie. Yeah, total ripoff. And I, uh, I'll say, I'll say total homage because I love it. Um, because you're right, cheesy dialogue. It's just like, don't open that heart box, son of a bitch. There's a heart inside. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, so. Uh, we find out, you know, everybody thinks it's Harry Warden, right? They think Harry Warden, who has escaped from the mental institute, they think it's him, that he's back, that he's doing all these killings. We find out that's not the case. Spoiler alert, friends, the film's been out 37 years now, so if you haven't seen it, go ahead and skip this part. But the spoiler is, um, it is not Harry Warden. In fact, our little triangle of uh, Axel, TJ, and Sarah, right? We find out that Axel is indeed the killer. And we, a lot of times we start kind of thinking it's TJ because he just came back to town and the killings start happening. And he's kind of a shitbag. Exactly. He sucks because <laughs> his dad's the mayor, right? Yeah. Well, and, and this one too, he didn't escape, didn't he? They thought he died in the mine. Isn't that this one? Because when he goes on the killing spree, they track him to the mine, they shoot at him, and he's disappears into the mine oh harry yes yeah. so i think maybe he wandered back out of the mine like maybe he's been living in there it's it's almost as plausible as like a a kid who drowns and then lives in the woods forever that sounds fake and then he comes out and kills people right so this guy wanders into the mines i'm glad that didn't hit with anybody uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe yes. the listeners loved it maybe they did i hope you're all laughing at home anyways we find out it's axel Axel's the killer, um, and well, when, and he he saw the he saw Harry Warden kill his father. Yes, his was dad was one of the supervisors. This is what disappointed me the most about this movie was this ending. I got him about to upset me. I, f- I felt like the ending was weak sauce. I really did, and that that kind of left yeah, a bad it's taste. Just a in my slasher mind. ending to me. Yeah, but I just I was like, I mean, you invest in a whole movie, and then when they tie it up, you get that, and I was like, really? Like this is how we're going to end this? So that I think maybe that the ending is more than anything else what left it's me with It's based a bad on taste. a true story and you can't change what really happened. For fuck's Fact. sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's based on Ed Gein, everybody. No, that's just Leatherface. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This so is tune in on, next this episode. Is based on Ted Bundy. Yeah. You mean to tell me <laughs> that the fact that Axel, who it looked like gets killed in a mind collapse. He Ted- had blonde hair. I would have never thought he was the killer. <laughs> don't know what's happening uh so he's come undone <laughs> die the mind collapse and axel's hand is sticking out and sarah tries to hold his hand and it doesn't work he cuts his own arm off and wanders into the mind just like harry warden that's that's to me it's scary i think the he's fact, right now giving harry warden a hand job and they're both plotting about we know how, which hand he's using and they both put the DVDs in the path of me and Professor Wagstaff, <laughs> and they're trying to get us to be part of their plan. That was their bluff. <laughs> and then Harry, as he or uh, Axel, as he wanders off, says, "Sarah, be my bloody Valentine." You know, I, I think it's creepy. I yeah. think it works. I I, uh, I wanted something um, to watch for Valentine's Day that 
uh, has some awesome kills and is scary at times. So it did that. But slashers, I really don't care I how they end. The notebook, but you know, whichever. <laughs> Uh, one thing different with this, too, uh, compared to a lot of slashers, is how likable, for the most part, the kids are. Yeah. Uh, by and large, and I don't know if that's a Canadian thing, but they're, they're all pretty likable. Usually, a large majority of the young cast are kind of, you know, it's fun yeah, to watch them get right, killed. Right. I actually kind of like most of these. Right. I thought, also a note that I have is that I thought their cop costumes were terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it was like just a tan shirt. Like, it was t- a terrible costuming. Dog, they don't need cops up there. They don't. They're all so There's nice. no crime. Yeah. Shout out to he, Doug from he's, Canada. He's wearing yep. Jim Leahy's clothes. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Wright. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wrapping up My Bloody Valentine 1981. Any final thoughts? Watch this film, folks, if yeah, you've never watch seen it. it. Watch it. Yeah, go out and buy it. All right. Up next, My Bloody Valentine 3. D. What year did this come out? 2009. Okay. Very good. Which I don't believe any of us, maybe you guys did in the theater, got to see it in 3D. I know. Of course I, saw I it had on. to see it in I figured you'd be yeah. one out of all of us. You got, you I think saw we saw it theater. together. Yeah. It's a group of us. Yeah, we went. It wasn't 3D, unfortunately. I thought it was 3D. I saw it in 3D. Yeah. You can certainly tell when watching it, just like watching uh, Friday 3, Jaws 3, which parts are 3D. That yeah. big loaf of bread shark coming at you. <laughs> Uh, I, I will. So you I, keep running down Jaws three, buddy. And, <laughs> I'm, gonna and we go, I'm gonna have to do something. Sorry, it's the worst. You were saying so. Uh, <laughs> the so the creators of My Bloody Valentine in early 2000s were wanting to do a sequel. Oh. They went to Paramount, and Paramount was like, "Yeah, go fuck yourselves." So I think that's where the 3D movie, the the remake, came in. Because um, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I know it's weird. I wouldn't. Seeing the sequel to, to my, my NED, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this Broken this one's pretty similar in, in plot. Harry Warden, uh, a young Jensen Ackles <laughs> yeah. of uh, supernatural fame, fucks fucks over the mine again. There's another Valentine's Day dance, and uh, Harry Warden gets trapped down there, like very similar, but uh, this time he he actually kills the men to survive, so they won't suck up his air. Yeah, and then, um, I do love the beginning. This beginning of the movie is pretty awesome. Yeah. With the news stories yeah. flashing, yeah, the news stories, cool. and then he wakes up in the hospital bed and just goes on a killing spree. And I, t- I told Grizz, I said, "This motherfucker's body count." Jason Voorhees don't have shit on this yeah. guy. Yeah, he killed us in the hospital, hospital alone. Looked like, dude, it looked like he shit him out. Like, Jesus. <laughs> That's what I was like. Didn't he, he had a pickaxe. Y'all couldn't run. <laughs> he just woke up out of a coma. Oh, man. So, initial thoughts on this. I want to say that when this came out in the theater, uh, I really didn't like it because of the ending. That was when it came out in the theater. Mm-hmm. But now, rewatching it... Uh, I went from hating this movie to thinking this movie was okay. That's a big jump. I think it's fun. Yes, it's so fun. I like like everything but the ending. That's fair. That's fair. I could do without the ending. The ending's another... And And I'm coming around on those those endings that I don't like. I'm I'm starting to be a little softer on them. So, uh, yeah, this movie went from being on my hated list to, you know what? This is a fun, okay movie. Well, and To me, what I like most, I feel like this is a love letter to 80s slash movies. Yes. Because it has, like, the weird girl running around in high heels, completely butt-ass naked. 
Uh, for two, I, I can't think of movies in 2009 that was doing this kind of weird shit. Like, it was all torture N- Nudity porn. was about gone from war. Yeah, more. yeah. Other than, like, watching somebody get butchered in, in Saul or Hostel, uh, there wasn't weird, fun horror movies at the time. This movie had me at Tom Atkins. Of course. You know, as soon as I saw I was like, oh. Oh, we got Tom. Okay, let's let's watch this did movie. Your, did your panties drop? <laughs> I was like, okay, let's Mine watch this movie. He's got Tom Atkins. Tom let's, Atkins. let's do it. Uh, like I say, I, I thought the kills were cool. Uh, the pace was uh, updated for, for a more modern audience. Um, I thought the kills, again, were great in this movie, too, I thought. Uh, the end is just what left me with... Uh, I was like, how? What? And I was like, oh, come on. Like, the end soured me, but the movie I liked. Who's the other old lead in this, the older actor? The one that wakes up drunk with his shotgun. What's that actor say? He's a great actor. I was going to say, I mean, it has Jen, Jensen Ackles, Jamie King, Kurt Smith. Uh, Todd Farmer makes an appearance in it. Chris Cornell is the minor. From then, Soundgarden? No. <laughs> Carnell. Am I saying that right? Uh, professor. I also uh, saw this in the theater. It came out and hated it. Uh, but upon <laughs> uh, rewatching it, I still feel the same way. I <laughs> don't like this movie. And there's here's the main reason. There's no reason to watch this. There's no reason to watch this. Yeah. Besides the sick kills? I have the original with sick kills. That's true. Um, and if, if the original didn't exist, this would be a blast. But there's never going to be a time... Where I go, I'd rather watch that one. What like if you the, felt like watching both of them? Okay, then that works. But <laughs> the thing is, is they've taken the charm away from the original with the location. They've they, you know, beefed up the story with with some new elements. But we basically redo the original film and then take an ending that was already tired by two thousand nine and slap that on the end. So if you have a three D TV. That I can see, like wanting to to for go for that one, but the original still holds up. I sure. mean, something like okay, here's a good example: Hills Have Eyes. I I respect the originals, but I would rather watch the remake. Yep, I'd agree with that. I hated the remake when I first saw that one, and so that one is a more enjoyable watch for me than the original. But this one just doesn't bring anything to the table other than uh, Jensen. I mean, he's. He's engaging. He's fun to watch, mm-hmm. um, especially for supernatural fans. But other than that, they they don't surpass the original on anything. They either match. I'm, no, I agree with that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought Tom was, no, was no I agree. The original so, better. And so for me, it either matches at best on anything from the original, or it's inferior in other ways. Yeah. And so that's my big hang-up with it. If the original didn't exist. I would have been obsessed with this. I, I agree with so everything it, you said. But it's not I, a bad movie. I like this movie though, but I I think uh, I think I would have rather have seen them greenlight the sequel and yeah. do a sequel than the remake. But I think I think the remake is fun. But I also agree with everything you just said. So yeah. sure, that's all fair. And the thing is, is this has a pretty good following. Yeah, I, I've been surprised over the years at how many people deeply love this movie. So I get it. Like it's not a bad movie in terms of of just from start to finish its own thing. Like it's an, it's an entertaining watch and they, and you're right. The kills for when it was made stand out because they kind of got away with more than you usually get in the, in these large release horror films, especially with the remakes. But 
It's yeah, for more me, it's dynamic. Just... This movie is more modernized and more dynamic. Yeah, it's just well, and the, the killer doesn't. I, I like that. Like in, in other movies, they would wait till they're by themselves. Where this one, he's just like killing them. Like when he throws that pickaxe at the beginning. That was what was for the three D. Well, yeah, sure. and it crashes through the windshield. It's just more dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's more comic book. And so with this, I feel like the pacing is off. It drags on a little too long. We dance around. Uh, you know. I understand the, the time frames with, like, the the incident in 97, then one year later, then in the future. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it just didn't bring enough new to the table for, oh, yeah. for me to love it. So, I, I get why people enjoy it. It's just not for me. Whereas I didn't like the ending of the first one, I really didn't like the ending of this one. Like, the, the ending on this for me was way worse. It... it this one almost angered me. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I watched it, it definitely did well, that to and me. Think of all that we had watched well, well, in movies know, up until that point where they'd already done that. Yeah. This wasn't, it's not retroactively going, oh, this has been done I to death. Like, we'd already seen it yeah. in what, I mean, obviously. It's got that fight club feel. Yeah. And high tension. Yep. I I think the only thing, I don't mind Secret the ending, window. but there is It one, doesn't even make sense. The, the scene where, he's, the scene where he yep. talks about the girl being killed in the alley. Because I'm like, if he's schizophrenic and, and he is he doesn't know he's the killer, he wouldn't have known that she was killed and he would have. That's all primal fear, I guess, with some Richard Gere. But um, I like the movie, and you also get the fun line of "Happy fucking Valentine's Day," which I feel like is a staple. And and holiday films are always like, "Happy fucking whatever," like "Happy fucking Arbor Day." Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Plus, but, the young people are not as likable. It's kind of sleazier. This, the, yeah. this is around the time just, period where it's like you have to hate the characters. And yeah. I felt like the casting was bad, too. Well, just the dialogue. Way. I think the writing was, was bad. for. The, but again, it, I don't know if that was on purpose because it was supposed to be I a do love, love though, letter that, to the slasher movie. I do love, though, that opportunity because I like movies where, like, the I know it's bad, but there's a scene with uh, Selena Luna, the, the little person. I'm like, you know what? Little people get murdered by serial killers, too. Sometimes was... we're in a wheelchair and we get hit down the stairs backwards, but right. Um, and I like the. I mean, like sometimes the dumb characters annoy the shit out of me, but like again, the the girl running around in her high heels, like really, you should hide. Uh, he's got a pickaxe. You should hide it behind a a wire bed. He'll <laughs> never get you. Never get you there. Well, all that to say, I went from hating this movie to having fun with it, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's. It's fun. It's silly. Yeah, I will say I found a little bit more fun in it this go around, knowing what I had in store. What you were getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have a. I, I like that they did the. They did a throwback of the of the dryer scene. Yes. So they have like a throwback to that. The 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 clothing on the wire thing wasn't effective in this movie, like in the original. You didn't think so? Yeah. I liked really. it. I thought it was. I, I like that callback. Um, I will say what's weird is this movie was a hit, and. I would be okay with like you know if their their plan was remaking Happy Birthday to me, which don't remake another movie like make another one of these because there's not there's not a My Bloody Valentine too, right? So there you could have done all kinds of things with it. My bloodier Valentine, exactly. Yeah, and uh, brought you in part by Tampax, and yeah. at the uh, there's a post credit scene in this one too where Harry Warden actually comes down through the tunnel, really, and hits the screen, but. I don't know. I think there's like some cool stuff, and that's the thing. Like with these movies, why can't Harry Warden just be the killer? Yeah, 
Uh, Vinny, why didn't you name your son Harry Warden Lanford? <laughs> well, live and learn. <laughs> so, did they shoot a gas tank that exploded on everybody and then everybody was cool? <laughs> that happened? Did I understand that right at the end? I think so. Well, everybody just walks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the funny thing. Yeah, because that's, yeah. Oh, man. Jensen Eccles surviving at the yeah, end. Yeah, you watch him. Bursting into flames. Yeah, it's like the air moves him conveniently in front of the explosion as it, as it blows up. I forgot about that. It's so bad. Yeah. I, uh, that, I was just like, uh, we didn't need that. That's just the 3D effect. He didn't come at the screen, though. <laughs> they shot him over to the right. <laughs> All right, well, wrap it up, my buddy. Blow his head off and throw that at the screen. I'd dig that. Um, Friends, if you're just looking for a fun popcorn movie. That's what uh, this is. It's a popcorn movie. You know, the original, obviously a much tighter story. Uh, But if you're just looking for a fun popcorn movie. This is a fun popcorn. Good kills. In the finger bang row. (laughs) Fun fact, too, I forgot to mention is uh, we're recording this uh, February 11th which is the day the original came out in 1981. That's awesome. Yeah, boy. We're pretty good. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Heading into our last film of this little three pick. You know, there may have been some other films that dealt with Valentine's Day, but nothing really immediately came to mind. So we went with... Valentine. Called Valentine. 2001. I thought it was 2001. Starring. Uh, this one, this one kind of had a lot of who's who. Um, some of them weren't as big as they are now, but David Boreanaz, Denise uh, Richards, Mary Shelton, Jessica Capshaw, uh, Catherine Heigl, Johnny Whitmore, um, and it was directed by Jamie Blanks, who did Urban Legend. Um, do we need a, a premise? This is kind of a beginning kind of prom night kind of opening where it's their their kids in middle school and uh they, they're picking on a kid at a at a valentine's day dance just like my bloody valentine go ahead um uh, and um uh, so the kid just kid. you know which really is kind of offensive that when he's rejected he just goes off to the next chick but uh he wants to just dance with somebody kind of like whitney what's what's offensive and uh the fact you just you get rejected like like, well, she was hot, but she rejected me. Will you dance? Yeah, with he me? wasn't into it. He was just trying. And to he only moved up to the fat. He only moved up to the fat chick when all four of the skinny ones rejected him. <laughs> who was? And she wasn't even fat. They called her the buffalo. She wasn't. Well, even she was fat. the buffalo this because bad she, body shaming. Because she was actually average, and the other girls were stick thin. But <laughs> but uh, so he's under the bleachers with buffalo, and. Uh, <laughs> And they get caught, and she, uh, like typical fashion, says... Turns heel on him. Hashtag me too. And, uh, oh, no. So he's... Uh, he's yeah, she gets caught making out of the nerd, and she's like, uh, he attacked me. You know. Assault! Nah, you got your hand in the cookie jar with nerd boy. Don't even front. <laughs> yeah, you know. Go ahead. So, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's kind of beaten up by the... the Young little bullies at school. And they like strip his clothes yeah, off. Yeah, shit got weird. Draws. Yeah, man, they like made yeah, this like, kid. What's wrong with you, bullies? Yeah, ripped his like, clothes you... off. And right? then the, why the are you trying to get his dingus the, out? The schools kicked him out. Like, yeah, like, you know, they're like, hey, you got jumped and stripped in front of everybody. Get out. You're of out of here, bud. You know, yeah. hazing was cool back then, but uh, uh, so many years later, I think it's 15 years later, 
Um, we start with uh, Catherine Heigl, who was one of the girls. Am I saying her name right? No, no. you're saying it right. No, you're saying it right. Yeah. You are. Just find that funny? I do. We'll, we'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, we'll Nothing tell you Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Go for it. I quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're we start with great. her. She's uh, pre-med, as I would predict that she would be. And um, she's our she's our first victim to die, and she is one of the the circle of girls from uh, from when they were children. And the other girls start getting valentines, uh, threatening letters. But not really. It's like roses are red, and then it's like, I hate you. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> roses are red, violets are blue. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, that's you, all right. You you some you nailed the the summary the synopsis and those valentine cards the last thing you alluded to some of the coolest parts of the film yeah. like those valentine's cards they were like pop-up cards that he made himself but you, like, dude, myself, you could make a living out of this instead of killing people <laughs> right make cool cards. yeah son you could make big money i think there's money in like the hateful valentine's day cards <laughs> there could be like i loved you once you stole my house now you're a bitch. Die. Um, so initial thoughts here. I just want to say I had never seen this until watching it for this episode. My wife, big fan of this movie, and this was hard to find. This 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 was hard to find. Thank this, you, Warner Brothers. This was one that seemed to me used to be like a bargain bin movie. I, I tell you, I saw this cover art every day, years when I was buying DVDs. Well, I, this movie came out in the height of uh, uh DVDs taken off. And so I felt like all the all the chains and everybody had like buku copies of this movie. Yep. And when it came time to get it, could not find it. And um, I lucked out. I was at Disc Replay in Indianapolis, and they had they had it in its original cardboard box. You know, the one with the <laughs> I've got the snapcase snap too. Yep, the snapcase. They had that for nine ninety nine, and I was like, "Are you serious? You paid nine ninety nine? I did not because <laughs> I got Who are you lucky. To? I got lucky and. They had, someone had destroyed the original cover, and so they put it in a red, this is even cooler, red DVD case and just stuck the cardboard original part. They must have destroyed the plastic part on accident, and they just stuck the cardboard in there, and so I got it for $3, mm-hmm. and uh, so Sounds scored right. that, and initial thoughts, I'm just going to say, for an early 2000s horror movie, I thought it was a lot of fun. You can tell just by looking at the cover art that this came out off of that scream. Oh, the marketing's the same. I, I know what you did last summer. You can tell that it came Pretty out. Pretty faces on the cover. Hot. I, even the way they're posed yeah. with the image in the background. At the minute you look at this cover, you know what you're about to get into because it you it's right from that era. Because this is right before the Bloody Valentine and stuff where the remake came out. Then it was popular for the killer to be featured only on like Friday the 13th the Nightmare on Elm Street remakes like it was just the killer yeah it was you can definitely tell that you're getting into a post scream horror research the the CW horror films yeah yeah that is a good way of putting it um I was pleasantly surprised by it honestly uh just because other than scream I expect these movies to be doo-doo because they well that is not a, that's not an era of horror that's celebrated. Exactly. 
So, but yeah, I was In pleasantly fact, it's usually mourned. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's just a love letter to slashers. I think it's it's a fun eighty slasher made in two thousand one. Yeah, um, this is one that I did not watch back when it came out. Um, no, I, I was checked out on this whole movement by then. Sure. Um, so this is one that <clears throat> was more of a discovery for me a couple of years ago, and it was mainly because uh, around Valentine's Day on Instagram, lots of people were putting up pictures of the mask from this. And so it kind of made me go, huh, maybe I missed something here. And so I went and checked it out. And this is like, uh, it's just one of those films that is a, a gem to discover after the fact. Because by 2001, we were all burnt out on these films. I mean, after we've had the number of screen films. Um, I know what you did last summers. And this director who made uh, at least a couple of Urban Legends, if, if only the first. I'm not sure. movies too. But we'd have just a whole rash of them. And so by the time this came out, when you see the cast, and it's just, you just know it's another one of those. So I think a lot of people overlooked it, especially, uh, as you pointed out, at the height of DVDs when, guess what? Everybody's going back and watching old shit because they can buy all of it and they're having a blast rewatching it. And so that, you know, this around this time, I think this one just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But the fact that it's a little bit smarter than a lot of its... Uh, peers and it has some of the the things that we love from older slashers this is really a fun retroactively discovered film you know what i mean like to go find this now is much more fun than you know in the moment i think Mm -hmm. and it's it's definitely picked up some legs especially with it being associated around a holiday that doesn't have a long list of great horror films to watch and so I think it facilitates that nicely as, you know, something to kind of pair with my buddy Valentine. Yeah. So uh, this movie, again, I was working the video store. Um, this actually was a, it was a, a big hit when it came out. It wasn't huge, but it did like a, I think it was probably made for less than 10. It made 20 mil. I think it was a typical horror movie, like you said, where uh, at that point they were still doing money, but it would be like opening weekend and three weeks later they forgot about. Um I think I waited to video it and see this in the theater. Um, I think we might have. This is back in the days when we'd get screeners. Watched it with a group of people. Loved it. I watched this movie quite a few times, and then I haven't seen it in forever. And I know this is going to sound weird, but when I rewatched it, I didn't like it that much. Um, this movie is everything I complain about modern horror films. Um, where and it's weird because I didn't notice it at the time, maybe because I was an asshole, young twenties myself. But um, movies now, like the kids, they're all unlikable. This is movies I complain about now. And when at the time when it came out, I loved it. I never noticed it. Now I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of asshole high school kids. Um, all of them unlikable. I, I don't think there's a likable character in this movie. Um, there's still some fun kills, and it's not the worst movie ever. But definitely rewatching it, my feelings have completely changed from from loving it to like, eh. Like, not really. It's kind of garbage. Yeah, I, I to echo a little bit of what you're saying, though, in fairness, if this wasn't centered around Valentine's Day, I probably wouldn't be as forgiving on some of that stuff. That's fair. Um, I think that it's it's holiday-centric for me. It like, lends itself because there's a time you can watch it. And I will say, another to, to agree with what you're saying on the likability, that, to me, is the biggest flaw with this film, is there is no true... Uh, 
crutch for it to lean on in terms of either some kind of charm within some of the characters or comic relief. They're all, you know, straight faced, no fun, the entire movie. I'll that, say and that's the scene that's is the, the only... dance in the opening where they had the young girl cast as Denise Richards character. That yeah, is that some of like the her. best casting that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a I them not having some of those elements in their personalities didn't ruin the film for me, but I think that that would have helped it big time. Um, I just, they're all just kind of, well, the char- the characters too are in the movie. They're, they're late twenties at this point and they are acting like they're young children. Um, all, all of their problem. I'm, I don't know. Like it was just, and I can even there's make a some... lot of cheesiness to this, like the, the, and I get that it's because it's Valentine's day. But man, like I don't—I never noticed it before. But like all the speed dating stuff and the dialogue in the film, and there's like so much badness to this movie. Yeah, and well, I never. And I understand it. some of the youthful behaving because they're back for unfortunate reasons, and they're together, you know, with people that they grew up with. So I can even kind of be cool with that in terms of the partying. Um, they also have the cliche industrial metal uh, <laughs> yeah. music playing at the parties. Uh, because nobody actually did that, but they always do in movies from uh, about, I don't know, 94 to 2004. Every party has that. Uh, but it was really just Nelly, uh, most of the parties. <laughs> right. Um, Country grammar. But that, that that was my one true gripe with the movie, and I still stick with that, is I wish that there was a little bit more charm even within one of them. They are all just kind of rigid, which is fine. The story's good. It's entertaining. Uh, but I think that would have um, added the entertainment value. It doesn't hurt the story. I just think it would have made it a more engaging one. I, I think that all of them have adult themes too, like like alcoholics and stuff like that. So they, they give them all these weird themes, but they still want the characters to act like like a, like a they're in high school. Yeah. So it was it's a weird weird place for that. Because all the actors are older too. And, and it's weird because a couple years before, Denise Richards was playing high school in, in Wild Things. But... I don't know, like it's it's really strange. You certainly don't care about any of this. I, I was excited, like uh, I haven't seen this movie in forever, and I was excited. It was part of the pick, and I'm like, man, rewatching it, I'm like, man, I hate to say that I hate movies, as you all know, but I'm like, mm. I'm astounded to hear you actually yeah. say those words. I, <laughs> I kind of like this is it. right up there. With, I still uh, like it, but with uh, hating Jumanji too, I'm like, it's garbage. <laughs> 2018. You're like the, the only one who hated Jumanji too. Everyone else gave it good it's reviews. A piece of shit. <laughs> well, but you did love the mummy. I like the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think that the fact that you don't like any of the characters just lends to it being just a slasher. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, well, every, everybody's dispensable. There, there's, well, but know, most have some kind of one person that at least releases the... the when you don't want well, them, at, you don't Well, want. at first you kind of feel you, sorry for the what's portrayed as the fat girl. You kind of feel for her. Really? Because she yeah. wasn't fat when, as an adult either. No. Like, You're not the fat girl. She works out all the time. That's why. She's so conscious. But she still thought she was the fat girl. Right. But I, the, 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 the kill scenes are fun. There was definitely a point in time where I thought this movie was great. So, I mean, there is still that. That hot tub scene with Denise mm-hmm. Richards where they closed the lid on her. Why that, the lid that is so fucking terrifying to no, me. Cool. Like, that. That made me so claustrophobic. You got the drill out. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's cool scenes. I like the mask. But they the whole movie, they did the point of the... He, he had a nosebleed at the beginning. And he had a nosebleed all throughout. And then I'm like, it's not her, God. Like, you didn't fool me because there was no goddamn nosebleed. They kind of, they shit the bed on the ending. 
ending. This episode of the podcast, I hated every ending for every movie that we watched on this Dang. particular episode. Like I, I did not. I hated every ending. Brutal. I was I was disappointed by every ending of it because this one ends and you're like, oh okay, but it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like your ending doesn't fucking make sense. You know, you know what I like? They, I still they, like the touch of the re- of how they reveal that though. It's clever enough because yeah. they didn't have to do that. They could have right. just been like, it was him. But they went out of their way to make a twist with it, and it it, it was almost Hitchcockian in the way that we had it go down on the face. People would probably like to punch you in the face for saying this movie is Hitchcockian. <laughs> Big difference, buddy. I said the ending. <laughs> no, see, and that's that's what I liked about the ending. I liked the Buffalo misdirect because you're like... <laughs> she was roaming was over there. Was that her name in the movie? That's, that was her Dorothy name. Buffalo. Was Buffalo. Who has it? Who, who yanks it? Young girls aren't named Dorothy. <laughs> and so, like, I like the misdirect because it's like, you just for a, a hair second just a, just for a split second you could be like oh yeah maybe she's just upset you know that they called her the fat girl and she's not yeah. really fat and she's she just used him re- as a yep use him as a patsy and she's getting revenge on all of them i usually am pretty good at calling stuff before it happens that this one got me yeah because he sense. well yeah well he shoots her though <laughs> you don't you're expecting sense. it to be him and then we show him doing it you know what i mean and so, what, they, so was she in it with him no no he pinned it on her, so he dressed her in the fucking outfit. If, if you, if you, I think she was like still. She was trying to get help for some reason. He, but even though her mouth wasn't taped I and the mask wasn't glued to her face, haven't you ever seen Devil's Rejects? She's got that once mask. She's in shock. Exactly. She wakes up. She's in shock. It's like the girl gets hit by the semi in Devil's Rejects. She's got the skin <laughs> mask on of her boyfriend. She runs out, scares the maid. You know, she's freaking she out. She had a latex allergy, and that mask put her put her into shock. <laughs> she is weak. She is weak. Well, anyways, wrapping up Valentine. I liked it. Um, it's got Wendy Peppercorn in it. Yeah, right? Come on. I'd recommend it. Definitely. I'd, I'd watch it. it. I'd say yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not telling anybody not to watch it. You know, it. I'd tell people to give it a shot because... I ain't kicking it out again, good. Because between 2000 and 2010... There's not a lot. No. There well, there, there, there's horror, but horror did that shift to. That's where like 2004 became like it was all hostile and saw, and it was like all the the, the torture porn. Which is really weird that like to me, if I was a producer, I would want to make something different. But it seems like there's all, all, always a trend where a slasher movie comes back and it becomes. Well, it's whatever again. you know is marketable. That's what you can sell the studio on. Yeah. All they want's money. That's right. Whatever hits. They're all a bunch of money mats. Well, wrapping it up for the Valentine's Day episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcasts. One of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Venomous Vinny. Wishing you all a happy, happy Valentine's Day. Watch out for Harry Warden. Stay scary. Valentine's Day.